0: welcome to Backstage at the Center. In each episode, I give you a glimpse behind the curtain and on the other side of the stage door at Chandler Center for the Arts. On today's episode, I interview Grammy-nominated drummer Sammy Miller from Sammy Miller and the Congregation. This incredible seven-piece jazz band is coming to Chandler Center for the Arts on October 21st with a show that celebrates the music of 1973. Sammy and his band are on a mission to have people rediscover the joy that is jazz. So thank you so much for joining me today. I really appreciate it. Tell me a little bit about how did Sammy Miller and the congregation come about?
1: So I grew up, I'm actually, I'm one of five. I grew up playing in a family band. It's how I learned music. Uh, It's how I Uh, Me and my siblings would get together every day after school, and we would sludge our way through um, different uh, old songs, Louie Louie, Serpent USA. Uh, I learned music that way. Um, So familial was always how I, the community part of it, that's always how I connected to music. Um, And while I was studying at the Juilliard School, I was noticing um, a lot of music took itself very seriously and a lot of music I was seeing in New York was was pretty inaccessible. So rather than just complain about the things I didn't like in music, I decided well, why don't I try to start building something out with people who are like-minded, people who um, are interested in, in music as a joyful expression, as something community-based, familial, going back to just how I was playing as a young child. So um, I found those people pretty quickly, Alfonso Horn and Ben Flocks, and everybody, David Liner, the folks that I play with today. So we found each other and we started playing with a whole bunch of different elements of form and improvisation, integrating humor. And um, that, that's, that's really what we're doing.
0: That's really great. How was it that you decided that jazz was maybe the form that you would express this in?
1: Oh, well, that's the music that always uplifted my soul. As a young kid growing up in the 90s, that was the music I loved. Louis Armstrong, Duke Ellington. Also as a a form, going back to the initial intent of that first generation of jazz artists, they were very much mixing high art with high level entertainment. And I think people got kind of confused as generations went on what jazz had to be or not be. And I thought that people started limiting the range of the possibilities of jazz. And I was just interested in in using this form again, again, its initial intent, the way the, the initial the, the pioneers played it.
0: I like that high heart because music does have that really special power to create something you can feel and maybe you can't even really actually recognize it or even describe it, but I really like that. That's a great way to say that. So where did this passion come from that it had to create, that you wanted to create music that was joyful? Like, where did this passion come from? And how did how is that driving you now?
1: I find most people who are creating are first and foremost solving for themselves, whatever it is that they, that's what I would want to see. I'd want to see a concert where I felt included and I felt seen and interacted with. I'm going to something. I wouldn't want to be bored. I wouldn't want to see something where the musicians were under rehearsed. Um, All the things I didn't like. I, so I have a passion for building something I'd want to see. I guess I've always been, uh, I have a lot of creative force kind of shooting out in the universe. And it's just about harnessing it. And the band is one way to harness it.
0: Tell me a little bit about They're So Vain. Like where did the idea for this show come from? Oh, totally.
1: From? Like I mentioned, I grew up playing music with my siblings. And a lot of what we were playing was like songs our parents listened to. So a lot of those songs are about four or five decades old. And I was thinking about um, how our band, again, dealing in accessibility and creation, improvisation might deal with some of that repertoire that we grew up with, that I grew up listening to outside of jazz, you know, Pink Floyd and Gladys Knight. There's just so many songs that ended up in every wedding we go to now that was (laughs) was written in that year. So I thought it it would be kind of fun to bring a jazz spin to some of that music, um, that isn't initially, maybe upon first inspection, isn't jazz, but it has so much creative force and, and also just great songs.
0: It's like those are really like very nostalgic songs like that everyone does know, right? Like you said, and you know the words to all of those songs. And you're like, why do I know that?
1: Yeah, <laughs> The same way I think jazz musicians of the 20s were like, everything that they were collectively working on were amazing. I think the songwriting in the early 70s is pretty remarkable.
0: I think it has become this genre that maybe for some people, if they don't know it, it might feel unapproachable, right? Like it's for cool people, it's complex. What suggestions do you have for them to maybe get more cozy with it?
1: Listen to us, come see us. <laughs> no, I agree. I think it's, that's why I got on this warpath is I feel like jazz isn't accessible and it, the way people are playing it now, there's such a barrier to entry to even enjoy it. And I think a lot of that, I think, is the way musicians behave around it, which is they just they can be insecure too and nervous and they don't want to put themselves out there and embarrass themselves. And you shouldn't just be creative when you're improvising your solo. Like I want to be creative and improvisatory for the entire 90 minute show or however long we're together.
0: Uh, tell us a little bit about who inspires you and why.
1: I, I go through periods. So like, I mean, some of the people I mentioned before, Certainly at times, like Louis Armstrong is someone i come back to. Uh, the way Duke Ellington writes for members in his ensemble, he didn't just write like a song. He wrote a song for Johnny Hodges to play on the alto saxophone. Um, I always found that really exciting and as a, as a vehicle to do the same kind of thing with our ensemble like, wow, this would be a great arrangement, not just for a trumpet. This would be a great arrangement for Alfonso Horn. So they inspire me. Uh, I'm a huge fan of, of stand-up comedy too. Gary Shanley and Jerry Seinfeld, the stuff more. Well, earlier I like Don Rickles. I like his roast of people. I like all sorts of stuff that that that's that runs the gamut. Just just people who are who are throwing themselves out there. That's what I like. I guess.
0: What do you think that you would do for a living if you weren't doing music?
1: Psychology. I would study Freud. I would study. I think he's amazing. It's the same thing. How do you access the parts of your brain? I mean, music is cool because it's it's a lot of the stuff that language like the English is hasn't caught up to the language of music and I think the same thing for Freud and, and psychology and just and everyone that came after
0: him I really like that English hasn't caught up to the language of music <laughs> but it's true right their music can express things that you're like oh I didn't know that I really felt that way so what do you want people obviously joy what do you want people to walk away with when they come to the show
1: just feeling better than however they felt when they showed up I think life is really challenging. I think life is, it's beautiful, but I think it's really challenging. And I think art, particularly the art the congregation is creating should be an, a moment of peace and, and, and should be a, um, a spark to, to make people feel a little better than, than they did before coming to see us.
0: So we always like to ask, who are you listening to right now?
1: Um, I was listening to the Ahmad Jamal Trio. It's a record called Live at the Pershing. It's one of the first records I got into ever when I was listening to jazz as a teenager. Also, because we're working on an arrangement inspired by something of his. So a lot of the listening is stuff that I was working on. Um, and then I'm actually listening to a ton of Allman Brothers. So that's on our list for the 73 show, for the They're So Vain show. And I think, I'm really, I think that they're a fascinating ensemble. I've got to know J-Mo a bit, the original drummer in that band. And um, and we played some with him, the congregations and some stuff with him. and And that music is just like, so inventive, so creative. They're they're going so hard. To your point about passion, those guys have so much passion.
0: It's funny. I was actually uh, a friend and I, a friend of mine and I are creating a playlist of cover songs, and uh, it's a it's really amazing to me. I think some of my favorite is actually uh, Johnny Cash.
1: Oh my gosh. Doing some
0: really great covers.
1: (laughs) Yeah, the stuff he did later, the Unearth, yeah, those are so great. What he does, uh, Hard Times Come Again No More. That's one of my favorite from that record.
0: Yeah, it's really fantastic. Oh, this is great. Thank you so much for the time. I appreciate it.